I've been waiting 23 years to say that. I don't know how much energy I'm going to bring to this show today. I'm kind of depressed today for really no reason at all, except it's rainy outside. <laughs> Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis, Baba Oh, and now I'm back. That's all it takes is a good Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis. <laughs> Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. Oh, I mean, now I'm sad again. <laughs> kind of cuz it's anyway this is uh FBI's most unwanted I'm Matt I'm just and now that I'm off on my it's Terry Ferguson funny name uh I'll take yeah. the uh I'll take the uh condom thing for uh 100 it's condiments condiments oh well then uh give me ape tit <laughs> it's not ape tit <laughs> ape tit <laughs> oh norm mcdonald nothing to do with uh FBI is most unwanted at all, except for that uh, I was thinking of him trying to make myself laugh. Did you ever, I know, well, might as well pad this out, but did you, I still think my, the funniest thing I've ever seen Norm MacDonald is, and I posted it, and I know a couple of others have, is the roast of Bob Saget, where he just goes and intentionally, uh, uh, he, he intentionally just sucks at it. Like he bombs. I guess so I hard. didn't see that link. I I'll have to watch. It's, I, I, it's so fucking. I funny. feel like I've seen it before, because I think I've seen the roast of Bob Saget. But I think I'm gonna have to uh, revisit it because I can't remember off the top of my head. It's it's just the funniest thing because everyone in the crowd is just like not sure what's happening, but all the comedians are losing their shit. Just because he's just, all he does is just reading flashcards of terrible jokes. And it's That's the awesome. fucking thing. Well, it's like the other day, uh, a few days ago, I was thinking of the uh, Comedy Central roast of Hugh Hefner because that was the uh, one where <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried started out by bombing because he made a, a 9-11 joke. Because uh, it was like only like a week after 9-11 or something. And then he turned the entire thing around by telling the aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah, I know. Anywho, uh, talk about the X-Files now, I guess. Because uh, we are on season three, episode 17. It is titled Pusher. It was directed by uh, regular director Rob Bowman, who's done a lot of episodes, and this one was written by Vince Gilligan. Didn't we talk about Pusher last week? No. Did we not? I'm I'm starting. Oh, it's it's Vince Gilligan because mm-hmm. he did the one before that. No, right? we talked about Vince Gilligan last week, just because I mentioned that, or last time we did this, just because I mentioned he wrote this episode. Okay. Yeah, cool. and right. we talked a little bit about Vince Gilligan and. Okay, I'm two episodes ahead now. Then. All right, that's cool. Um, because I'm glad you've seen next week's already because I'm not looking forward to watching it. But anyway. It's not good. No. Spoiler, spoiler alert, alert, everybody. I had it's, a hard time yeah, with it. Spoiler alert, everybody. Next week's not good. This week's good, though. Um, 
This uh, originally aired February 23rd, 1996, and I don't know if you caught it or not. I forgot to look for him, so I can't tell you exactly what scene he's in because I have forgotten, but Dave Grohl had an uncredited uh, extra. Uh, he was in the background. I can't, oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember where, though, and it basically um, because uh, Dave Grohl liked... The X-Files, and oh, he likes... He's just, it's such a throwaway. Yeah, I know. He's a background character. He's not even... He doesn't have, like, a yeah. real part. Yeah, it's uh when they're in the court... Uh, what is this? The courthouse? Yeah, it's the courthouse. Oh, okay. And, like, the agents are all walking away or whatever. And he's just in, like, a puffy jacket. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Gilligan, he wanted the... Gilligan, <laughs> yeah... Uh, he wanted <laughs> why did the howls have so many changes of clothes for a three-hour trip don't know <laughs> I have uh, no idea. gilligan he wanted this episode to be a tense cat and mouse game between Mulder and uh modell who is the the main villain and he said of this episode, the only conscious thing I wanted to do from the start was get them together as much as I could. Uh, da, 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 let's see, anything anything else I want to talk about? Uh, the final scene featuring a game of Russian roulette was met with resistance from, of course, Fox's Standards and Practices Department because good old Standards <laughs> and Practices. They were like... Uh, they said that because the game had never been seen in a television series before, it was unsuitable for broadcast. It was in a movie, though. Oh, yeah, well, TV. Right, and the department also claimed that the scene could be harmful to impressionable young children. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Um, but, as we know from watching the episode, the producers, they refused to concede, and they left it in pretty much uncut and Gilligan later said he couldn't believe they got away with it. <laughs> um, this season also has uh, a couple Easter eggs and in jokes. Like there is a picture of a tabloid or there's a tabloid with the fluke man on it in the very opening scene. Um, yeah, it's a re- I, that was a cool little thing. Yep. Um, that same tabloid, also had a small image, not that it meant anything to us, but it was an in-joke for everybody on the set. Also on the cover of that, besides the drawing of the fluke man, was a picture of prop master Ken Howrilil. I can't quite pronounce it. There's too many uh, H-A-W-R-Y-L-I-W. He was the prop master on the show, and they thought it was funny to put him on there with the fluke man. And uh, apparently the American Ronin magazine that Mulder flips through contained a, quote, blink and you'll miss it shot of production assistant Danielle Faith. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, And then when Mulder is being, uh, they're putting the, the camera on Mulder at the end, the script had him saying, does this thing get the Discovery Channel and Duchovny because he knew that Mulder loved porn? He changed the line to, does this get the Playboy Channel? 
Yeah. <laughs> I figured as much. Yeah. So that's why that joke is in there, because Duchovny was like, no, no, it just makes more sense for Mulder to ask if it gets Playboy. <laughs> yeah, because he loves his boobs. Yeah. So, um, in this episode, it starts out in a supermarket, and a dude here that we find out is our main villain in a little bit, but uh, the character's name is Roger Patrick, or Rob, excuse me, Robert Patrick Modell, played by an actor named Robert Wisden, who is uh, best known for playing U.S. President Richard Nixon in the 2009 superhero film Watchmen. Really? He's also been in Smallville, Battlestar Galactica, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Highlander, and a show called Jeremiah, which I don't know what that is. Fuck is Jeremiah? I don't know. Uh, Probably supernatural. I'm looking. He's also in an episode of the 95 series of The Outer Limits. Uh, He was in the short-lived series Poltergeist The Legacy. Which I, no. uh, which I had never heard of. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyway, he's in the store. He's buying what I initially mistook for a lot of cans of refried beans, but it's not. It's, <laughs> it's energy shakes. <laughs> um, and he's being followed around the store, we realize, and he realizes it too. He goes, all right, uh, enough. Let's just get this over with. It's the FBI. He's he's being arrested by a, an agent named Frank Burst, who is the lead uh, agent on this. And while he's being escorted away in the police car, he says to the officer driving the car, he's like, oh, hey, officer, that's a nice color shirt. That's a great shade of blue. I think they call that cerulean blue. And he keeps, you know, saying the words cerulean blue over and over again. And what happens is there is a truck coming at the car. They're stopped at like an intersection. And the truck is a blue semi truck that the company is called like cerulean moving or something like that. And it just disappears and the officer doesn't even seem to notice it's there. And he pulls out in front of it. And, of course, they get broadsided and the officer dies and Modell escapes. I, The thing about these always bugged me because, like, right before this, they had, like, ten cop cars. Mm-hmm. Like, as, like, to tr- the follow, like, but they put him in the fo- last car, which, like, me, I was like, why don't you put him in one of the middle cars? So then that way, if he tries to escape and you have someone on either end to keep track of him. Good point. I didn't even think of FBI, that. That's an FBI dumb thing right there. Well, in his way of bracing himself, like he knew they were going to be hit by a truck and I didn't quite understand. Um, he like turns around sideways and lays down in the seat and braces himself. I'm like, I don't know if that would work if you're being hit from the side by a truck, but okay. Especially, yeah, and you put your legs towards, like you, you have, he has legs towards where it was going to get hit. Mm-hmm. Unless he was, he knew it was like at the time the guy only going to hit mostly the, the front. front. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's a couple of logistic things in this episode that I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. 
So then down in uh, Mulder and Scully's office, Agent Frank Burst, he's telling uh, Mulder and Scully, he's like, yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of this guy for a long time. His nickname is Pusher. And he, we believe, has committed a bunch of contract killings over the last few years, even though they have been... Uh, put down as suicides I'm pretty sure it's actually this guy here and that he's the killer and on some of the crime scene the accident photos written in blood is the word Ronin which Mulder pronounces as Ronin for some reason yeah it's the way again this episode has a lot of Mulder just kind of (laughs) doing things and no one questions it well and especially when it comes it's to got this. one of these great Mulder leaps in logic right because frank is like this guy's a contract killer Mulder sees the word ronin and then immediately grabs a bunch of back issues of a magazine yeah. called american ronin which is a mercenary magazine and i'm thinking to myself a mercenary like you could, when in American history could you just hire a contract killer out of a magazine? <laughs> but okay. What's even What's even better about it is he's like, these aren't his. These are when they were going through his apartment, like looking for all stuff. It's like, and he just says this one, this one number is in every single issue. Like yeah, he I goes through like them, and it's that's but it's like how fast did he go through to just assume that right and so he finds and so Mulder's like I guess this is the point in the episode where he says that he believes Modell has the psychic ability to push people to do whatever he wants hence pusher hence why the um killings look like suicides so and again fucking scully is like that's not a thing no you can't force someone with their mind like mm-hmm. that i'm like you watched damn psychics and people made the leech people and oh, like people starting fire like this is where you cro- again crossing the line of like this is what you consider not real mm-hmm. so they they look up the phone number in the ad and it's for a golf course in Virginia. So they all go there and the swap bursts in. Although well, no, first it's the no the, it's they go to a, a payphone first. Because they trace the payphone to the golf course. Oh that's right. So okay, the so the telephone it at okay, that's right. The number in the magazine is for the payphone. They go to the payphone and it starts ringing and they pick it up and Modell is on the other end. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're going to come find me, right? And you're looking for me, gumshoe. And that's when, you're right, that's when they find the golf course. Yeah, because, like, yeah, because they're, like, after he does the whole, like, you got to do most of the walking with your fingers or whatever, some stupid line. And they didn't get a trace on the phone call. But Mulder just does the uh, the star six basically nine or yeah. Ba- what was the last number dialed from this phone? Yeah, and it was just a golf course. <laughs> and while they're at the golf course, 
uh, Modell makes a SWAT lieutenant pour gasoline on himself and set himself on fire. Uh And, of course, they actually still catch Modell. He's in a car, but he's, like, sweating and tired and he can't move. And so they arrest him. And they're in the courtroom and the judge is basically like, uh, really? Like, you think this is, like, a thing that's real? And... They have their whole like little court back and forth. And essentially, basically, all that happens here is Modell uses his ability to make the judge let him go. Which he's Mulder's looking right at him as he's doing it. Like, he, yeah, he just, he's like looking at the judge and looking at him and just like, um, uh, yeah. And I mean, but at the and you can tell that Mulder is like. How do I even, like, how, I can't, like, prove he's doing it is the problem. So they look into his past and they find out that he failed to enter the FBI after, basically he was in, like, some service, but he didn't see any combat or anything. And then he wanted to get into the FBI, but the psychological examination deemed him to be, quote, grossly egocentric and sociopathic. And so Mulder kind of gets the idea that, like, what if he does all this because he's just so small and so average? Like, he was average in school. He served like an average tour in the... You know, he he was just, he was average when he was in the military. He couldn't get into the FBI. Like, maybe that's his motive, is that he's just average. And meanwhile, this made me laugh so hard. I did like this scene a lot. Modell, he wants to go to the FBI. So he walks in. He sees there's a guard there. He grabs a piece of paper, folds it in half, writes pass on it with a marker, and sticks it in his pocket, walks up to the guard, and is like, hi, where can I find the computer records department? (laughs) And the guard is just like, over there. (laughs) That makes, I mean, I can understand if he has some sort of like mind thing. But it's like that was some quick work of just like, oh no, this will work. I got he didn't it. Ha- see earlier in the episode, they implied that he kind of like had to talk his way into it, and in this one, he doesn't talk yeah. his way into it all. He puts the pass on and then just asks where he's going. You know what I mean? He just asks. Yeah, which I'm like that. It just doesn't work the same way. I'm like, uh, stick. Why don't you just stick to the rules that you made for him? Yeah. Because uh, then, even a few minutes later, he does the same thing. He goes in and he finds Agent Holly in the digital records department. And he talks her into letting him examine the computer records. Um, and he, like, charms her because she had been... Earlier in the episode, we met Holly and she had a big bruise on her face. And we found out she had been mugged. Uh, she had been attacked and all her stuff had been stolen. And so... As Skinner is walking by Holly's office, he is like, uh, the blinds are closed. This is weird. He goes in 
and Holly is there with Modell and, and Skinner's just like, can I help you? Like, I don't think you belong here. And Modell's like, no, no, I was just here getting something. Oh, Holly, that's the guy that attacked you. And he basically convinces Holly to kick Skinner's butt and spray him with mace. Um, which in the next scene is also really funny because they're having this investigation. You know, they're investigating Holly, just basically trying to find out what happened. And Mulder calls him out in the hall and is like, no, no, it really wasn't her fault. Like he has this psychic ability and Skinner's like, is that why I have a size seven heel print on my head? (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever the size was, but it was, um, but basically what it, it comes down to is, uh, Modell stole just Mulder's file. He was only interested in Mulder and Scully is like, actually, uh, I, uh, actually, uh, Skinner, I have to agree with Mulder on this one. Like, I, I, I can't explain it in any way, but there's also literally no other explanation. Like, <laughs> however he does it, he does it. It's, it's a thing. And so... They and Skinner's like, all right, we'll go get him. And they're like, well, we don't have any evidence on anything he's done except criminal trespassing in the records department. And Skinner's like, that's enough for a warrant. Go get him. (laughs) And they go to his apartment, but he's gone. And they find all the cans of his protein energy drink in the refrigerator and they find medicine for epilepsy. And Mulder's like, I thought he was like in the military. He, and Scully's like, yeah, he was. And he's like, so he didn't have epilepsy then. Like he couldn't have or he couldn't have served. Like what would give him epilepsy later in life? And Scully's like, uh, brain tumor. And Mulder's like, all right. So like there's all those protein drinks in the fridge and he has a brain tumor and like he was really tired when I found what if he has to drink all of those protein drinks because using his ability to push people really wears him out and makes him really tired and burns a lot of energy so he has to drink high calorie energy protein drinks because the tumor in his brain is making it so that he can do these things sure Let's go with that. <laughs> oh, by the way, this episode is more ridiculous than I remembered it being. <laughs> I, it's still, it's still. Really I know weird. I hadn't. Yeah, it's so many random moments where, you, where like Mulder just makes a statement, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, I that mean, works. it's every episode." But I had forgotten how much because I hadn't watched it in a bit. How much it actually happens in this episode. <laughs> um. So Mulder's like, all right, so let's see. He's got brain tumor. That means he's dying. So he probably wants to like go out in this big blaze of glory, whatever. And somewhere they're monitoring phone calls. I guess at Mulder's apartment because they're they're at. That's Mulder's right because he knows where Mulder lives because he has Mulder's phone. Yeah. So he calls Mulder's phone and Frank bursts the picks up and they're trying to trace where he is and basically uh modell is like oh agent burst like 
you really should calm down. You're kind of a big guy. I bet you eat a lot of greasy food. I bet you got a lot of stress. Like, this is this is happening. You're like Fox Mulder realizes what's happening, so he's like yelling he's like, at Frank. Us to put Frank, the phone hang away. up the phone. And basically, the whole time, Modell is convincing Frank's heart to stop. Basically, he's talking Frank's heart into stop, which is. You know what this kind of reminded me of a little bit um, was uh, the Purple Man. Oh, yeah. It really is the Purple Man. Because the Purple Man does stuff like that. Where yeah. he talks people into, like in um, Jessica Jones, where he talked the woman into walking in front of the truck. Yeah. But can you think of how horrifying that would be? Like, knowing that someone out there would just talking could make you like can make parts of your body mm -hmm. just it's terrible to make you well die. there's um in this movie's really bad i never talk about it but it's one of my favorite parts in a really terrible movie the movie the dark tower um <laughs> matthew mcconaughey's character the man in black gets pissed off at one of his helpers and points at him and goes stop breathing and he does and he dies <laughs> And I mean, I would use that power just to be like, you got to poop yourself right now, aren't you? Poop yourself. Just point, just point and wink and go poop yourself. I'm the pooping man. Marvel's worst character. Oh, Marvel's worst character. But so basically, um, Frank refuses because it's that old uh, TV cliche that it takes forever to trace a phone call. And Frank is like, don't stop. And, and Mulder's like, hang up, hang up the phone. <laughs> and he's like trying to get to him. And the officers are holding him back. And Scully tries to rip the wire out of the wall. And they stop her. And Frank is like, don't you stop. He's like dying. And he falls down dead. And Mulder picks up the phone. And he's like, why did you do it, Modell? Like, why did you even bother to? And Modell's like, oh, you probably wanted to know my phone number. You probably wanted to know where I am. Well, this is the phone number, and it's in a gas station parking lot. It's a pay phone. I'm leaving now. Bye. <laughs> and Mulder looks over at the guy tracing the phone call. He's like, yeah, it's in a gas station parking lot. It's a pay phone. <laughs> <sighs> so... Um, but they realize that it is across the street from this hospital where uh, Scully assumes Modell is being treated for his brain tumor because on his pills, it also has the name of the hospital. Yeah. Um, so they go there and they put the whole thing on Mulder where he's like, does this get the Playboy channel? Because... Uh, he only wants Mulder to come in, and and they and he gave his gun up because he didn't want, uh, he didn't want to like to act, be forced to shoot himself or someone mm -hmm. else. But when he gets in there, he finds the MRI room is vacant, and they find like his files open there. And Scully points. She's like, Mulder, wait, look. Nope, there it is. That's his brain tumor right there like you were right he is you know he, we were right he has this brain tumor 
And yeah, he hasn't been fighting it. He just wants to go out and blaze of glory. Yep. And he uh, apparently has convinced a guard to shoot the MRI technician and then himself. And then Modell takes the gun and convinces Mulder to go down the hall to a room. And Scully goes in because something's happened to Mulder. His feed is given out. And she goes in, and it's Modell on one side of the table, and Mulder on the other. And Modell is like, all right, this is how it's going to happen. And they play Russian roulette. Modell is like, all right, Mulder, pick up the gun, and point it at me. Now pull the trigger. Oh, wasn't me. Now uh, point it yourself, Mulder. Go ahead, point it at yourself, and pull that trigger. And Scully, of course, is like, no, like, Mulder, stop. Like, seriously, you don't have to do this. And, of course, Mulder doesn't shoot himself. And then Modell is like, all right, point that right at Scully. It's your turn, Agent Scully. You have to play by the rules. And Scully notices in the mirror, behind her in the hall, there's a fire alarm. And so she starts backing up, and she's like, Mulder, like, don't shoot me. Like, you don't have to do this. And Modell is like, yeah, you do. Pull the trigger, Mulder. You're going to be really, you're going to be really sorry if you shoot me. Yep. And basically, uh, at like the last second, Scully pulls the fire alarm. It breaks Modell's concentration long enough for Mulder to turn and pull the trigger and uh, shoot Modell, meaning he would have shot Scully. It was, the, the bullet would have hit Scully. But I also found it a pretty good piece of acting on Duchovny's part where he's just standing there dry firing the thing over and over and just so upset and so frustrated and he knows there's no more bullets in there but he just keeps pulling the trigger it's really good shit like man that that kind of intensity is just so hard to come by and see Mm -hmm. him actually well and then he just finally he just stops pulling the trigger and he just sits down and puts his face in his hands yeah, just oh, god damn, Duchovny, come back, David Duchovny, come on this mm-hmm. show. We want to talk to you. So the the episode ends. Uh, Modell, he's in a hospital, and he's in a coma. And Scully's like, I don't think he's gonna wake up before that brain tumor kills him. And Mulder's like, Hey, uh, you want to know something else? Uh, his brain tumor. Turns out it was operable the entire time. Like from the time they discovered it right up until right now, they could have taken that thing out of his head and he chose not to. He chose to keep it in there. And Scully's like, but why? Like, why would he like be just, why would he choose to have cancer and die rather when he knew it could be operated on? And Mulder's like, because of what we talked about earlier, because he was a little insignificant man and this made him significant. Yep. And that's Uh, the end of the episode. I give this a fat a for the most Mm. part. It's, it's really good. The intensity is great. These kind of episodes where you're seeing more of Mulder's like more serious side of, wow, he really just wants this shit to be taken care Mm. of. It's just, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
yeah, it is about right. I agree. It's very good. It's the, the cat and mouse stuff is very good. It's like I said, it's got some more ridiculous moments than I remember, but they don't overshadow the whole thing. For some reason, it gave me a feeling of Seven, the movie Seven. Yeah. Like, like Kevin Spacey and, like, Brad Pitt, like, their kind of cat and mouse game. Yeah, uh, that makes sense a little bit. I see that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more serial killer-ish. Um, for Seven, yeah. And For Seven, but, I mean, kind of the same idea. It's this one guy who just really wants to get under the nerd, get under the skin of a particular officer. Mm-hmm. And make him do all sorts of shit yeah Modell has that with frank and also with Mulder. he becomes yeah. fixated kind of on both of them uh, especially after he talks frank into having a heart attack all right uh so that's pusher next week as justin knows and our listeners are about to find out is teso dos pichos and it's uh it's something a special it, one. That's saying something, yeah. Uh it's the one with the cats. I'll put it that way. For everybody listening, that's just a taste of what they're in for. It's the one with the cats. <laughs> y- yes, that is true. Uh-huh. Um I can't decide if I would rather watch this or watch Sleepwalkers again, though, because Sleepwalkers is also with cats, and that's also pretty bad. They're not even remotely the same thing, but the one with all the cats, and then it made me think of Sleepwalkers for some reason. Because it's Sleepwalkers and (sighs) lots of cats. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Goodbye, everybody. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.